Hello and welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. Today we got a Torque Talk. We take time to catch up with Aaron Rost, who is fresh off of a third place finish at uh, World's Toughest Mudder. So Aaron had a lot going on this year, which we chronicle in this episode and talk about the ups and downs of her personal life and the training associated with that and how she's able to regroup and get and put together an awesome training block to be as prepared as possible and still land on the podium. So we really go into depth about the race itself. We talk about her preparation in terms of her physical preparation, her mental preparation, the ins and outs of the race itself, the ups and downs that are presented during the race. And this is really an awesome conversation. I I was truly inspired about her, her power of will and her perseverance and just the things that and her honesty with how she's feeling during these long 24 hour endurance races with obstacles and mud and water and all of that stuff. So truly love this episode. Aaron is awesome. And again, a lot of great takeaways, especially if you're interested in these longer races, or if you're just interested in training and racing, competing, competing at a high level, because Aaron really lays out how to be a professional at this and really put, put your best foot forward. So I think you will enjoy. Here we go. Aaron Rost. All right. Aaron Ross, what's going on? How are you? Hey, Rich. How are you? I like the new ring on your hand. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm flossing <laughs> over here. I went with uh, rose gold. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So just I just liked it. I saw it. And I was like, that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Did yeah. she, does she have a rose gold uh, engagement ring, too? Nope. It was just okay. my own personal thing. I was like, That's what I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah. I like the rose gold and like classic gold. Travis has like a classic gold. It's my grandpa's ring that he's wearing, but I like those like classic style rings. It's, it's coming cool. back around. I agree. Yeah. It was a lot of like silver and people were doing like the graphite type the of graphite. Look. The black one's super popular right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because it probably just people don't want to look like their, their fathers and grandfathers. Exactly. But I like it. I'm in, I'm I in on too. it. I'm in on it. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to, to catch up and just catch up in general and chat about World's Toughest Mudder. You're fresh off a third place finish in a stacked field. And there was a lot that of uh, factors that were at play for you in particular. So I just kind of want to start there and just talk about what we what you've been up to. I don't think we've chatted on this podcast uh, necessarily since there's been like a lot of dramatic changes in, in your life. Yeah. So yeah, just catch us up on like what you've been up to. Yeah. I'd say like my whole life has changed in the last couple months. And I don't think we've talked since like the summer and that's yeah. when everything started to change. Um, so we found out we were going to get stationed here in Nellis in Las Vegas. Travis got assigned to the Thunderbirds. So he's going to be the flight doctor, the Thunderbirds. So we found that out and we found out we're going to be moving a month after we got married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so got married. we got married in August. Yeah. Uh, and then we moved in September. So I had to leave my job, get all packed up. We're renting our house out there, move cross country um, in September, find a new house in this market and find a new job and start a new job. So that all happened about three months. So we did a marriage cross country move, job switches and bought a house. So it has been a wild few months. Um, great way to start a marriage out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just, really just go <laughs> right for adversity. Terrified. Right into it. And yeah. I could imagine, 
and before we got on, we're just talking a little bit about what the recovery piece is like for a, a 24 hour race, right? Like, and you're, you kind of know what to expect with it in terms of just your energy level and like how physically things are going to come around. But I could say from my experience, from just having been part of planning a wedding and having a wedding that there was like two weeks where I was kind of flattened. I was just really tired. It was hard to wake up in the morning. It was hard to really uh, mentally engage with things the way that I feel like I have in the past. And that was just, just the wedding. We didn't even, we didn't move. We didn't change jobs. We just did the wedding part. So did you feel like any of that compounding stress with all these things? Yeah, definitely. Cause when you're playing for a wedding and we were kind of talking about, we texted back and forth. I know during that process, because that wedding part, that last month before is like really, really stressful. And then you have the wedding. It's amazing. And there is this two like week or two period where you're like, Oh my gosh. And we were able to go on a honeymoon, which definitely helped buffer that a little bit. We just went on like a really low key trip to Lake Tahoe and basically slept the whole time. And then we went back and had to start packing up to move. Um, so it did kind of feel like it was like this constant build up, build up, build up. And the move was just chaos, like military moves as best as they try to make them not chaotic, they are chaotic. Um, so it did kind of build and build and build. Um, and I think we're kind of both just kind of coming off of that, to be honest, because it was the build up to the move. We moved, we got a house and then it was the world's toughest mutter. So I'd say yeah. right now is the first time we are both like, like breathing, um, and we're both like really tired because he, he's like a really good support person with me. So he's been helping me prep too. So I think like now we're both keep talking about how tired we are because it is <laughs> this like two month of buildup that we finally like are breathing after. So yeah, I completely agree with that. So it was like wedding in August, move in September. And then October is like training and like getting, and yeah. when did you and start? He started his job. Yeah. He started his new job. You started his yeah. job too, right? Recently, yeah. right? Yes. And that was in October? Um, end of October, beginning of November. Um, okay. A really great job opportunity opened up that I didn't want to miss out on. It was a day shift job for nurses, Sweet. which is really, really hard to get. So when that opportunity came up, it wasn't the best timing, but sometimes you just have to do it, you know, full send. <laughs> You're saying yes. Everything is yes for a while. Yes. Yeah. Well, congrats on the day shift. Cause that was something that is worth noting in terms of like, I want to talk about the prep for the race itself. And I know that was really a barrier for you. And as much as you wanted to use the, the like mental prep for the night shift and the ad adversity of it, there's just a physical element that is not like not advantageous yeah. for training when it comes to night shift in terms of like our natural rhythms and our ability to recover. Um, so I'm happy that you have a day shift now. Yes. I would say definitely the night shift helped me a lot this last month leading up to world's toughest mutter, because I didn't realize how bad it was until when I went to toughest. So sorry, backtrack. Um, I did toughest West about a month before world's toughest just mm -hmm. to kind of see where I was at. And I didn't think I was in as good shape as I thought I was, but I had had a month of being on a day schedule. And I did a way better at that race than I thought I was going to do. And it made me realize, wow, all that training I was doing tired and doing races when I only had two hours of sleep and not any sleep at some, sometimes, and the races were really bad, but I was also doing it with a lot of factors in front of it and behind it. So it, it made me realize, wow, that all that training is paying off. 
And it, it made me realize I was in a lot better shape than I thought I was. I just had a lot of things stacked up against me. The, the stress was hard to recover from. It's yeah. My, like I would do these races and my heart rate would be starting in the one eighties, like jogging in the one eighties because stress hormones and being tired makes your heart rate go up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then not having that anymore and being able to run without that stress anymore. It was insane how much better I was running, how much better I was doing. So as difficult as that time was working night shift is really difficult. It did pay off in the long run, to be honest. And I'm grateful for it. <laughs> so then leading into the race in terms of your mindset, it sounded like that toughest West was a really good thing to kind yeah. of jump into to really help you have this realization around the training. Um, but were, were you even able to think about this race from like August, September, August and September? Was it even something that you could consider? I was training for it. And I had a plan, but it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't a priority, the wedding and all these other things were, which in the long run, I'm grateful. Those are, those are the priority in life. You know, your partner and all those other things are the priority and it should be. So it was the priority for me, Uh, but I was still training. I like to train, but I was not training at a level I normally train at just because I didn't have the time or capacity to, but I was still training at a, a high level, just not where I normally am at. Got it. And so the, it never was, maybe I shouldn't do this. Did that cross your head, cross your mind? I think that crosses everybody's mind. The more you do 24 races, I (laughs) actually wrote a post about this. The more you do them, the harder they are to do, because you just know what you're getting into. The first race, you're a little naive. The second time you're like, not sure. When you start doing three, four, five of these, you know what you're getting into. You know how much it's going to hurt. And it's really hard to get to the start line. It is. I even told Travis the day before the race, I don't know if I can do this. I really don't. It's a lot. It's a lot. Anyone's ever done one knows that the more you do them, the harder it is to start. (laughs) That's an interesting concept that it is. Yeah. yeah, Once it's proved, like it's proven time over time, you're like, well, this is never going to be easy. (laughs) It doesn't matter. doesn't matter how prepared I am. doesn't matter what things I change. It's just going to suck. Because it's a race that you literally put everything into like it's everything and i know shorter races you definitely put a lot into it but this is like mind body soul <laughs> into this yeah. race um and it's <laughs> and that's why it takes so long to recover from it is because it is just so much on you and that's why that's like the magic in them as well I, from what i could tell i've never gone i never yeah. stretched myself into that but i can understand why like it's a place that you can't go and that yeah. you wouldn't typically go unless there's a, a purpose for it. So I can sort of understand the appeal. Yeah. And it's like absolutely the most life-changing thing I've ever done. I mean, obviously marriage, all that stuff is life-changing too, but just something that pushes you to your absolute limits and like way beyond them. And then you see like who you really are in those moments. It's life-changing. I mean, I, I learned something about myself every time. Did you feel... <laughs> more changed after your wedding or after this year's world's toughest mother <laughs> i will all come back it's all compacted so i can't tell uh, oh, yeah. um <laughs> i mean the wedding was i mean we've been together for nine years so it was just kind of i honestly just it was like felt more weird not calling my husband than it is now calling my husband so mm-hmm. um just because we've been together and been through so much together um so it was that obviously that was life-changing um but this was like life-changing for just me personally true uh, just a personal growth that I went through in this race more so than any other race I've done to be perfectly honest um was huge so I do want to get into that and it sounds like you yeah. spent a lot of time 
um, really reflecting on those things, but let's talk about the physical part first. Like how, what was the prep like? I know there was a plan in the beginning of the year where it's like taking on some more races, uh, doing some 50 Ks, doing some longer stuff. And, and you kind of did take on some races that did seem kind of outrageous without sleep, like driving, yeah. driving to a place after you worked or, or, or whatever it was. Um, but what was the prep like in, in when things really needed to kind of crank up and how did everything go? Yeah. So I would say my training really kicked in to another gear right, right before toughest West. And then when toughest West went better than I had thought it was going to go, um, I realized I just need to dial in, uh, more running, just a higher volume on my body and then grip strength. Um, so that's really what I focused on. I pretty much exclusively focused on that. It was kind of risky because I didn't really focus on normally I lift heavy and do all these other things. All I focused on was like lots of grip strength, like light, full body work, and then like just running and cardio and a lot of stuff like that, just higher volume, but not necessarily high running volume, just higher cardio volume. That mm. makes sense. Those mm-hmm. elliptical stairmasters walking on incline and then running every day, just not 10, 20 mile running. Cause I, I don't tolerate that high volume. Like my joints don't. Um, so I would run every day, but just not as much. I would do a lot more other cardio and right. then it's was, a lot of grip strength. Wasn't necessarily running like 80 miles a week, but it was probably like no. the volume of, 30, of total. 40. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. about total hours in terms of aerobic stuff? Any idea? Um, it was, it was getting up to about four hours a day. Oh, wow. Three hours a day. Yeah. I would do two or three workouts. Um, and then each workout I would do lots of grip strength, a lot of weighted stuff. I realized, um, because world stuff is mudder, you're in mud and you're in water, you carry about 10, 15 pounds. Sometimes when you're doing obstacles, you need to train that weight because otherwise you're not going to be able to get yourself over some of the obstacles. If you're not doing some weighted things. So I added a lot more weights to everything. I ever, all my pull-ups are weighted pull-ups. I did a lot of like finger grip stuff. Um, and then just a lot of cardio. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, those are big weeks. Yeah. How long can you sustain that in terms of like the, the time needed? So toughest West was, when was that in, in terms of September, September, it's about a month and a half before like mid September, so six weeks or so. Okay. Yeah. Six, seven weeks. So then uh, did you feel like that's uh, sustainable doing like, you know, 18 to 22 hours of, of work a week? Is that something that you can sustain for a long amount of time? Or does it feel like it needs to be, you know, six, eight weeks, 12 weeks of work of that volume for you? Honestly, I think three months would have probably been better for me Two, three months probably would have gotten me higher, higher mileage. Um, I think that my body tolerated it really well. I didn't have any injuries or anything come up from it. Um, I think it was not having necessarily the high running volume, just the higher cardio stuff. So like lower impact things definitely helped. So I think I, I think an extra month, if toughest West would have been a month. Well, obviously I couldn't have done a month sooner, but if all that would have been a month sooner, I think three months would have been probably like a really good amount of time for me to kind of like peak my training. I would say it was kind of like I was cramming for a test that you can't really do for physical stuff. That's kind of how I felt with training. I was like, I trained up until like the Wednesday before world stuff is mutter, which is, I know not what you're supposed to do, but I felt like I was kind of cramming for a test, like cramming for world stuff is mutter. And that, but, well, you never know. Right. Cause that's one thing that I took away from a conversation I had with uh, Mark Audet. He was like, you're better off being healthy than having a ton of training. Right. So if yeah. it was stretched out further than what you needed to be, who knows how you would kind of handle something like that 
of yeah. you know 20 hours a week of training but this seemed to have like really come around at the right time yeah um, i was very grateful for that <laughs> so i can't help but and i'm like i'm oh i can run i've done like 100 mile weeks or whatever but that still doesn't really stack up to three hours of aerobic work a day and yeah. i'm sure a lot of people are thinking and i'm thinking it like that shit sounds boring like is that are you do you embrace the boringness of it or are you like trying to distract yourself and just get the physical part is there a balance or like okay today's a mental training day where i just need to be it with myself because on the race like it's just me or yeah. is there times where you're just like oh, i just need to watch a tv show because like i'm on this thing for forever well it is kind of both i do watch tv shows and youtube videos but that is a part of I mean, 24 hours by yourself is pretty boring too, um, at times. So you have to figure out what are some mental things that you do. I watch a lot of YouTube motivational videos and like, especially a couple of weeks before I find videos that are for whatever reason, like hitting me and, you know, certain videos at certain times just touch you and you just have to keep watching them. Uh, there was a couple of videos that I just like, couldn't stop watching. And I probably watched both of them at least 200 times. Um, to the point where they were like memorized, which is good during the race. Cause I'll just like run through the video in my mind. Um, which is a strategy I use. And then um, I'll listen to certain songs over and over and over again on purpose. So that way during the race, I listen to the songs in my head because I've listened to them so many times. Uh, so that's kind of my mental, <laughs> you kind of have to do things like that. And I watch like motivational sports movies um, while I'm training. And for whatever reason, recently Creed has just like really touched me. I can't like Creed is, I think it's because it's like an individual sport. Um, I used to watch like Miracle and things like that, but that was when I was on team sports where Creed, uh, for a reason, it's just rocking Creed is just like, yes. Um, so I represent for Philadelphia. We, we are pro anything <laughs> yeah. rocky in, in town here. So I'm, I'm, I love to hear it. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. So Creed was one and what we're, uh, so that's it. That's interesting that I wouldn't have thought of is like having this, like essentially content stored in your brain. Yes you can kind of revert back to, did you learn, is that a like self-learned practice or is that something you picked up with other, do other athletes do that? I'm sure they do. I kind of learned it honestly through basic training when I was at the mm. Air Force Academy. Um, we learned like a lot of quotes. And then when we were doing exercises, we would say the quotes um, and it kind of gets your mind off what you're doing. And I even like would go through some of those quotes I learned during basic training um, my favorite was like Invictus. I learned that like on July 4th of 2010 and I have, I learned it doing front leaning rest and I have not forgotten that quote and I say it all the time. Um, so I think that's where I learned doing that from was learning quotes and basic training. Wow. That is cool. So it's like, it's, yeah. it is not exclusive to either one. It is all pointed to the goal of the race. Yes. Very cool. <laughs> How did you hold up physically during, during that, this like intense part of training? Uh, physically? Yeah. Um, I think I held up pretty well. Um, I never, I was obviously really sore, but I like being sore. Um, but I didn't have any injuries, like a couple little things, but I think that was more mental. Um, because it was like, whenever I'd put like my race shoes on, I'd like get this like weird injury. I get this weird foot thing, but it, it wasn't anything. It didn't even flare up again. I was like, I think this is just mental that I'm just really nervous about this race. And this thing's like flaring up whenever I put the shoes on, I'm going to race in. Um, but I do, I have a pretty good like recovery plan down where I like Norma tech and ice. And I do all those things that you're supposed to do. I've gotten a lot better about doing that. Um, and that helps a lot with training. That's and time sleeping. too. 
and sleeping. sleeping. Mm. Shocking. Believe sleep it or not, the sleep yeah, helps. Like, crazy. <laughs> In this time where you like, especially after the toughest West, you're like, maybe I can do a training block where it's sleep deprived training block and then <laughs> have great sleep. Yeah. I don't know if it works like that, but I can't imagine it does. <laughs> no, sleep, man. It sleep. Sleep rocks. Sleep <laughs> rocks. Um, so leading into it then, what do you have a goal setting process when it comes to approaching like, these big endeavor endeavors? This is the third world's toughest that you've that you've done. Um, and you don't typically seem like some, and what I know of you that is necessarily going to be results driven and you've had two, but it's worth noting that you finished second twice, right. In the, in the two previous times that you've done it. And the first one I think was really a surprise to yeah. yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is, what is it like when you are preparing for a race like this in the, in terms of what the day is going to be like, and, and what is, what's your process like, where is like coming up with a plan or, or how you want to know if it's a successful race or not? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so world stuff is my, is just a different type of race. And I say that a lot because going for a podium world stuff is matter really takes away from the purpose of the race for me. Um, it is like this life-changing experience. There's incredible people that race for all these like amazing reasons and to be focused on the podium really takes away from what makes it so special. That said, I have podium before and it's kind of disservice if I'm not pushing myself to achieve bigger goals because I'm able to like hit these bigger mileage goals and, and try for that. But the goal is never to be on a podium because, because if I had performed the way I performed at this race and came in 10th place, I would have told you that this was the best race I've ever done. And it went, cause it didn't have to do with the podium. It's how I felt during the race. Um, so that's why it's not about the podium for me because it doesn't matter. It's cool. I mean, it definitely is awesome. And it's given me a, a platform to talk about why I do what I do, but it's not why I do it. Um, so my goals going into this, um, were one to run the whole time because I did DNF hundred miler last year. And that sticks with you. Um, because something I pride myself on is my mental ability is the fact that I can push through the pain and not quit. And I, quit in a big race. And there's all these reasons for it, but I still did it and it sticks with you. So my goal was to run the whole time, uh, to finish after 12, because the race technically fin ends at one Um, but you have to be, you have to start your final lap before noon. Okay. If that makes sense. So you can, the race is technically 25 and a half hours. So my goal is to finish the race afternoon, um, which means I didn't quit early and now I'll come back to that because that's what my post was about. Um, that 85th mile. Um, and then my other goal, um, was ultimately kind of to get 85 miles. I wanted to get, oh, I wanted to get over 75 miles. Um, in the time back of my head, I thought 85 is what I could get because I've, I've gotten 75 miles at two races. So I wanted to beat that goal, but kind of in the back of my mind, I set my race plan for 85 miles. Um, I thought that's something I could do 85, maybe 90, but I didn't think I was quite there physically. Um, but 80 would have been like low end goal. And I did not want to get 75 again. So, um, I would say 85 was what I was kind of shooting for. That's interesting um, that, you, that your race plan can be dialed in that tight where you're like 85. Yes. 90, probably not because it is such a yeah. long race that there's there neat. I'd imagine there are swings that could happen in either direction, maybe not so much forward, yeah. but definitely backward. Um, yeah. but before we talk about, we get into the race itself. Do you yeah. feel that, do you feel external pressure in terms of 
needing to perform well uh, in turn, like with a result, does that creep in? Because it sounds like you do a great job of having it not be the case, and just the way that you're you're talking about the race itself, it sounds like it wouldn't it it doesn't matter. But do you ever like battle with the idea of needing to get to do as well or or show up for for the image of it or for other people really is what that would be for. I mean, there's absolutely that pressure for me to say there's not, then that's just lying because it, there is that pressure. Um, the first time I raced, obviously that pressure wasn't there because I had never like been even close to top 10 in any race I'd ever done. Um, but there is that pressure and I do kind of feel like I don't belong at the, like, I just, I just feel like I, I'm not around. I don't have a runner background. I, so every time I kind of do well it's kind of a shock to me but I feel like a lot of people expect it to happen which is like this weird pressure because I'm like I don't think it's going to happen and I don't feel that but a lot of people you know do and they and then you hear the people that, who said you inspired them because of how you do and and then so you feel this pressure to like have to perform the certain way um so I really try to set goals that have nothing to do with that because it doesn't matter to me because like I said if I had gotten 10th place with how I felt during this race I would have been really excited Um, so I really try to tell the people closest to me about what my goals truly are and the people that know me, know me that know that like, that doesn't matter to us and they don't care about that. Um, but yeah, there is that pressure. There always is. There has to be. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the byproduct of the the performances that you've had in the past. Yeah. Um, for better or worse. I'm grateful. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So then let's get into the race. So the race starts around noon, right? Yes. Noon Pacific. Um, so just let's, let's just go through it. I mean, it's hard to encapsulate a 24 hour race, but we just like, yeah. how did things feel early on? Like what, what were you, what were you, what was the plan? And yeah, we can kind of go through the race. Do you want to just share the yeah. race plan? Yeah, I can, I can talk you through it a little bit. Um, so we, the map was released, um, a few days before, but I've done these where I kind of know what's going to kind of happen. Um, the first lap is a sprint lap. So there's no obstacles open. Um, so you just run that lap. Um, you shouldn't go out very fast. You shouldn't, you shouldn't go out in a sprint because you know, you have 23 hours left, but it's the first lap. It kind of spreads out the field, which is nice. So things don't get bunched up on obstacles. I think that's why they do it. Mm. Um, and then as the hours go on, obstacles start opening up. So by the second lap, so at one obstacles started opening up at two obstacles started opening up three, four five. And around, I'd say around seven, all the obstacles were open. And then some of them switch throughout the night. So for me, no, I'm not five a, mile laps, right? Five mile laps. Okay. And there's 20 ops, about 20 obstacles per lap. Some are open, some aren't, but about 20 obstacles in the middle of the night, all of them are open. And as the day went on, all of them are open. Um, my strategy, I'm not a fast runner. So my strategy is I'm a tortoise. I have a pace. I set a pace. I set a, um, like a lap goal for each one based on how I felt I would do um, with the elevation changes and just kind of what I felt like I'd be like at certain times. Cause in the middle of the night, I struggle a little bit more like everybody. Mm. So I know those laps are going to be a little bit slower. So I just have to get through them. Um, so I was able to pretty much stick with my plan the whole time. Um, which I was really excited about cause that's hard to do. Um, I always break up the race into four quarters. I feel like the first three quarters are sticking with your plan. Uh, the first quarter you can, you know, it's a little bit easier. Everyone's you're super motivated starting the day, second and third quarter are a little bit tougher. It's in the middle of the night. You're starting to get tired. You're starting to get sore. 
hips are starting to hurt. The fourth quarter is all heart. There's like, physically you're done. Like it's hard. You're at that point, you're pretty tired. It's hard to stick with your plan. In my opinion, the fourth quarter is what you have in your heart and in your mind. And that's how you get through that. Are you checking yeah. off? And like, so are you, are, is it literally eight hour blocks or is it like your point in the race that you think like, or is it more based off the, the amount that you're running or are you looking at it's like, okay, it's almost the end of the first quarter. It's six hours in. Yeah. It's about, I would say every lap I kind of had a goal. Um, Travis, I wrote them down and Travis, my husband would tell me every lap, like, you know, try to get in at 75 minutes, try to get in at 80 minutes. Mm. Um, I don't do my watch. Um, I tried to do that for a couple of races and I, found it really distracting and not necessary. So I just said like, okay, I came in at three. I need to get back by 4:20, And then you kind of figure out, I mean, you're doing the same lap like a million times. So you figure out like how long each mile should take. I um, mean, if you're not really hitting those times then you need to speed up a little bit. Um, so he would kind of tell me, and um, I had a goal about to get 45 miles by 1130 and I got it by 1122. Nice. So that's pretty on, which is nice. Um, one thing with this race is after 25 miles, you started getting a wristband. So you're able to skip an obstacle using that wristband and you could choose the obstacle when you wanted to do it. So there was some strategy there because in the beginning of the race, you have a little bit more energy to do the obstacles. So I held on to my wristbands until the middle of the night. Um, cause I knew those were the laps I was going to struggle with. And I had this goal that, okay, I can skip two or three obstacles this lap and use my wristband. So I saved them until the middle of the night. and then those three laps in the middle of the night, I used my obstacle skip bands and I was really mm. excited. And it kind of gave me like this motivation to keep going. Is so, that the, with the, is that a new wrinkle? Is that always something that's with this race? Um, they always have something different. Um, 2019 is when they kind of had the chaos with the carabiners and like going around things. Yeah. Different, they went around. That different was tracks. Very, yeah. They had where you could skip big parts of the course and there's a lot of drama with that. Um, they did not do that this race, which was awesome. Um, they had it for the open category. So if you weren't a contender, weren't trying for the podium, you were able to do those fun challenges to get the carabiners and skip parts of the course. But if you were a contender, like going for the podium, um, you didn't have, you couldn't do that. All you could get was the wristbands, okay. which I loved. And it was very well executed in my opinion. So it made it a lot easier. Um, the first year I did it in 2018, they had a carabiner, but that's all they had. You could use the carabiner and skipped a part of the course and you can do it one time. Um, right. so this wristband thing was new and I really liked it because it wasn't, I mean, it didn't really save that much time, but it saved a minute or two and it was good for morale and some of the obstacles. So some of the obstacles are pretty tough. So they're really nice to skip. <laughs> so did you know that was going to be a thing going into it and you had this plan decided that's like, okay, this is where I'm going to use the middle of the night then. Like it wasn't on yes. the whim type of thing. It was, no. this is when it's going to happen. Okay. Yeah, it was a plan. I was like at one o'clock, one to six, had all written out and how many I was going to get and how to use them. Um, so at one, I, yeah, one o'clock, I started using two a lap. And then um, in the morning when the sun rises, you tend to get some motivation from the sun. So I switched that lap to just um, one band for a couple laps. And then I went back to the two band thing. Nice. That is yeah. cool. That is a cool little wrinkle. It makes a little bit of a gamesmanship in there as well. Yeah. And some people save and save them for the very end and then skip a bunch of obstacles. So they're like last couple laps are basically sprint laps. And that, I can see how that can be motivating as well. Yeah. So let's just get through this because these last laps aren't going to be as bad. Yeah. But so it's like a trickle effect or just like 
binging on on missing them. So, yeah. um, so that took you to the middle of the night. Then it seems like you were right on pace through through those as well. Yeah. Um, so where where are you then at this point? So that's from one to six is when you were. How do so I, I how, felt really good up until eleven thirty? I came in. There's one lap. So I came really in. I told my uh, Travis, my mom, I feel so good. Everything's so good. I'm, I'm like so happy to be here. This is so great. And I came in the lap, next lap. I even wrote this typed because I said, this lap is going to be tough. And I came in after that lap and was just like a mess. Um, you know, you just get emotional. It's a weird race. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't as bad as I've been. I wasn't crying or anything. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Like, why am I here? This is like, <laughs> and I made that. And I, when I'm like that, Travis knows to get me out, like get me back on the course. Like, cause there's nothing you can do for me in that point. Like just get me back and let me figure it out out there. Um, so he was really good about when to, Hey, why don't you like rest a little bit? And then why don't you get out of here? Um, and he was really good about that. I, I would say none of my pits were more than like three minutes, which was really good. Was that um, part of the goal? Did you have a time? Yeah, my goal is always to make quick pits, um, which because I, I do that carb load that I've talked with you about. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have to eat as much during the race and my carb load was really, really great. So, um, I really didn't have to eat a lot, just enough to maybe, which is not as much as a lot of people need to do, but I was able to pretty much do 150 calories, um, in the pit. And then I ate some candy on the course and that's really all I ate Wow! Um, because my carb load was so good. Um, I really never felt hungry, which is awesome. It's a good advantage because then it takes, yeah the the gi distress lowers the chance of gi yeah. distress like the, the less you have to eat yes um so yeah. that, that that is but that was in really i mean for for travis he understands but for someone else to be like oh she's doing great she's gonna go awesome and the next time they see you like what like an hour and a half later it's yeah. like the opposite and he said it's so like my mom and him both say it's so hard to see someone you love in that state and to know but i wrote it on there like i do not let me quit unless there's something physically wrong, really. That's going to be a long lasting injury. Like do not let me stop. So, so they know and it's hard. It's hard. We love someone to tell them like they're in all this pain and go stop. <laughs> yeah. That would definitely be hard. I never had to pit for anyone in, in <laughs> with that circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the things are okay. At this point you went out and you worked it back out in your head, Yeah, came back around feeling okay. Um, and then, so this is kind of like the middle of the night then this is more around yeah. like so the, one or two. Yeah. One or those, I, this, those laps are always just kind of tough. Cause it's really, really dark. There's not a lot of people out there. It, it was cold. Cause, um, the heat was definitely a factor. And then the cold was definitely a factor because it was Las Vegas. Um, mm -hmm. And, and it's, is in the desert. So it was in the upper eighties to start. Um, I couldn't get my heart rate down until about six o'clock into the one sixties. I mean, it was the one eighties, one seventies. Um, and I didn't even take caffeine until six or 7 PM. Um, because I just couldn't get my heart rate down, um, mm. because it's just so hot. Mm -hmm. Um, and then at night, um, it, for me, I, I run warm, which is really nice. Um, I didn't put a wetsuit on. I didn't want to put a wetsuit on. I try to avoid that like the plague because I hate the wetsuit. Um, but if I need it, I'll put it on. But I, my goal was to not have to put it on. And basically all I had to do was put a long sleeve on. Um, a lot of people did have to put wetsuits on, but I didn't really ever get cold enough where I felt like I needed to. Um, cause when you start moving and running, you warm up. So, um, that helped me save a lot of time. Um, but yeah, the middle of the night, it, it just gets just kind of eerie out there and it's hard to get through some of those laps. Um, but when the sun comes up, I don't know, you, get, you just get this boost of energy. 
Um, and that it came up around like 637. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of get a boost that next lap. And then the laps after that are just painful. They're really painful. And especially there, cause it was sandy and then it was hard. It was like hard packed at times. And it was just a really difficult terrain to run on. Like your ankles hurt, your hips were just like locked. I mean, it was, and then my muscles started like cramping, like uh, shaking everywhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I never, uh, I didn't cramp. It was just like, they were just tired. Yeah. And that's the fourth quarter then, right? That left from that's seven, quarter. seven to yeah. noon. Yeah. And I never, normally in the middle of the night, I have this lap that just, just takes too long. It's over two and a half. I have every race I've done. I've had this just lap in the middle of the night that took like over two hours. I totally kind of messed my strategy up and I was really trying to avoid having that lap in the middle of the night. But what happened is I moved that lap to the end of the race, but that lap was going to happen. Um, so I ended up that lap where I just couldn't get it together was what I thought was my last lap. Um, and that was, um, the, my 80th. So it was 13. No, what's 16, 16. What, uh, um, what, what time was that then? Was that at that like nine a.m. ten to eleven? I think it was like nine fifteen. I came in at eleven thirty. It took me an hour and forty minutes, which all my other laps have pretty consistently been around an hour and twenty to an hour and thirty. And that wow. lap, I could not run. I couldn't get it together. I kept crying. I couldn't get over any obstacles. I just could not get my act together. Um, and I didn't. I had the leader bib on, but unless unless it's going to do something to motivate me, I, Travis knows not to tell me what place I'm in. Right. Um, because it just doesn't really help to be honest, unless, unless they say that, you know, the person's right behind you, you got to get going. If there's, if that's not going to help me, I, I, I'd rather not know. I didn't look up at the board. I didn't know where I was. I knew I had a leader, leader bomb. So I knew I was in the top five. Um, but I kind of thought I was in fifth. Um, cause going to this race, I was like, I'll be lucky to be top 10 and top five would be awesome. So I kind of thought I was in fifth. Um, so going to that lap, I did know Travis did tell me I was in third, but the fourth place girl was a half lap behind me and, and Amelia was a half lap ahead of me. So, and that's about 30, 45 minutes. So I thought I was like in a good position. Um, so I was just struggling that whole lap. <laughs> so this, and then I mean, if you got through the night, were you thinking yes. like, is the thought and the presence of this bad lap, is it looming? Is it like, is it, is it going to come? Am I, yeah, did I miss it? it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I thought I was like, okay, I missed it because it wasn't it made it through the night. And I was like really committed to not, cause I, you know, it, cause then if you have that bad lap in the middle of the night, you're, you're behind like 30 minutes and then you're frustrated mm. because the sun finally came up and like, now you feel better. And then you totally screwed yourself with this bad lap in the middle of the night. So I really tried to not have, I really didn't want to have that bad lap in the middle of the night. I just had it at then <laughs> and this is also really close to that a couple of those goals right like yeah like the that bad lap could have put the 85 mile and it could have put the running afternoon like all at jeopardy right at the end yeah what are you thinking about what are you thinking during about that this? lap i was like i'm gonna have to be done i i can't do this like i was moving it just it was kind of almost embarrassing to have the leader bib on because of where i was at and I love this community and everyone was being so supportive. And I was like, I feel like why do I even have this bib on? Because I obviously like not feeling like a leader right now. Um, and I was really <laughs> just like, yeah, I said, I don't even want to be tough about where I was. I was just really struggling. Um, 
I was able to make it through like a lot of the obstacles. It's just mentally, I just wasn't all there. Um, and I, Travis met me, um, at one of the obstacles and kind of walked, there was like an area they could walk. And I was like, I'm, I can't do this. Tell my parents I'm done. I'm going to say goodbye to everybody on the slap. Cause there's a lot of people, um, who stay on some of the obstacles to help people up. One of the really well-known ones are the Everest angels. Um, they stay on, um, Everest the whole night. I mean, all 24 hours and help people up the obstacle. They're wow. amazing. I love them. I literally told them I love them because they're so great. I told them, I gave them big hugs. I was like, I'm done. Thank you so much. Went to all the, everyone that was helping me and told them like I was done kind of like walked into the finish, well, jogged into the finish line. And I was like, I'm done. And then Kyle, this, you have tough mutter came up to me. He's like, well, the fourth place girl, she's having really great lap times and she's kind of gaining on you. Um, and it was like such a moment of like defeat. <laughs> Cause I was like, I can't do another lap. And I looked at Travis and I actually have this on video. And I said, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I really don't, I don't know if I have it. And, um, he kind of like looked at me and he's, he's like, you don't have to go, but do you really think you can't? <laughs> it was like, and he didn't, he's like, do you feel, are you injured? Is there anything wrong? And I was like, no. And I kind of like looked up and I said, I will regret this no matter what, even if the fourth place girl catches me, if I'm out there, I will regret not trying. And I knew that and it was like this. And I just like, they were trying to take my chip and I was like, no. Cause I knew I was going to do it. I just needed to process the fact that I had to go do another lap. Um, and I just kind of like walked back. My, my mom and dad had to like walk away. Cause they said it was just so like emotional. They both started crying when I went out. Cause they said it was just like so powerful. They didn't know what to say. Cause I was in so much pain and they knew that. So Travis is the only one who kind of was helping me, which is totally fine. I understood where they were at. Um, and he kind of basically walked the whole outside of the lap with me where he was able to, um, and kind of like helps me through it. And I ended up running most of that lap. I beat my previous lap time by like 10, 15 minutes. And then I was able to like to get my goals of 85 miles finishing after 12. I finished at one and um, I moved the whole time, which are all my goals. And got on the podium. Travis, that's just like, just knew what to say. Yeah. Couldn't have said anything better. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, he's just, I mean, it's like just the best thing. Do you really think you can? I was like, and then I knew, I was like, I, I don't want to regret anything from this race because, you know, this race is such a, a mammoth of a thing to train for. I don't know if I'll, you know, I don't know if I'll do another one. I, I want to, but you just never know where you're going to be. And I don't want to regret anything. Um, and I don't regret anything, which is a really awesome feeling and not one that it, you get every time you race. Was it instant that when you finished at one and got the 85 and had this, the tumultuous lap that was just a couple minutes ago. Yeah. You know, was there, was there an instant like relief or this instant moment where you're like, Oh my God, I did like, I am now proud of this where it could have been literally the opposite. Um, it was actually during the lap, um, where I was, cause the first part of the lap, it's about two miles of pretty much a lot of like uphill stuff. And I was moving pretty well through it. Um, I was kind of trying to get to some of the mile markers. So when the one girl finished, she could see that I was still going. Um, and I think that I ended up thinking her name is Kelly Glenn. I thanked her for pushing me to get my goals. So that I really appreciate her doing so well. Cause I was able to push me to get my goals. Mm. Um, but after mile two, um, I found out that she had not gone out for the lap and I didn't think he was going to tell me that because I think he wanted me to finish that lap too. But I was like, just tell me, cause I'm at this point I'm motivated and I'm going to finish. So he told me she had not gone out. Um, and she, so she was done. Um, so I was able to kind of enjoy it and take it all in that I, you know, I, I'm going to get my goals. You know, I had an hour to finish three miles, which I knew I could do. 
Um, and you don't really get those opportunities a lot during this race. A lot of times you're kind of like pushing at the end. I was able to just take it all in um, and enjoy the last like three miles of the lap, which you just don't get those opportunities. So I'm so grateful. Like, I'm so grateful that I was able to push through and get there because when I say I was done, I was absolutely done that lap before that. So finding whatever I found to keep going was just so powerful to me. And it's just such a reminder of there's always just a little bit something left in us. Um, and it's just a lesson I want to take into other endeavors in my life. Um, and something I really needed right now for just my life. So I was really grateful to get that lesson with all the changes and everything. You have a brand new life, right? It yeah. seems to have like <laughs> hit at, a, at a, an appropriate time to give that hope. Yeah. Um, uh, so we talked about the self-reflection pieces a lot, like what are there things outside of the things that we kind of talked about that you were able to kind of look back and kind of really learn about yourself in this race? Yeah. So the, one of the big thing, big things was I was really unsure if I had that ability to go to that place anymore. Like for some reason, after that hundred mile race, I thought I had lost that thing that I had. Um, I thought it was just maybe something I had for a couple of years and it went away. Um, cause I didn't really know I had that ability until I did world service matter in 2018. And I didn't know I still had it. And then when this happened, I was like, this is, this is me. Like I have this in me. And I think we all have it in us. We just have to find ways to like, let it come out and have that confidence that it's in us. And after this happened, I realized, okay, this is who I am. And I feel like I'm holding back in other areas of my life because I'm like nervous or I'm not confident in it. And I have this ability to push myself like this. Um, so it's, I'm so just so grateful that everything happened the way it did. Um, because I needed to, to realize that, that, that thing that I can do is just a part of me. Is that new to this race or is that something that reemerges when, did it go, like, did you have it after 2019? And then, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. yeah, uh, Like, were those things that you, that realization, that lesson, does that come and does it go when you reach like a failure, like say the, uh, the, what was it? Rimna river or whatever, the hundred mile. Um, Did they, does it come and go or is this a brand new thing that you kind of like, took from it I think it's something that I have if I execute plans a certain way so I'm more of a take things one step at a time very methodical and then I hit my goals that way I'm not someone that goes out fast I'm not someone that um in any in jobs and anywhere like I'm just kind of like they're kind of very consistent and then I kind of hit goals just by being really consistent Mm -hmm. um and I realize that that's who I am (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense Mm-hmm. rim to river i went out way too fast and i was trying to be an athlete and a person that i wasn't and i failed and then this race i did what i do i was consistent and i was more of a tortoise and i was able to hit my goals my way that, that i mean yeah that just has to be so affirming to then know <laughs> like to take that and put it in place in other areas of, of life like okay that that's right if i just stick with this process and that i know is me um, yes Think good things happen. Yes. And That's, just like just a testament to that, like this is how I am as an athlete. This is how I am as a person. And some people they race differently and they live life differently and it works for them. And this is the way I am and this is the way I live my life. And it works for me. And it was just such a good reminder of that just being consistent um for me is is who I am and it pays off. So yeah, and especially after such a, like an inconsistent year, right? Yeah. Like to be able to have it and then have that lesson kind of nailed back in. It's like, okay, kind of like centering. 
Yeah. Um, cool. Anything else? What else did, did, uh, did you have takeaways from any like technical parts of the race or anything? Um, well, one thing is like for the, if I do this in the future, I really need to get more, my running game a lot stronger. Um, it was good enough to get me through this race, but I, I definitely think if I were, and I say this every year, cause I just, I'm not a big runner, but, um, I know if I were to build that up better, I think I could perform a lot better. Um, but I was pretty excited with how well I did on the obstacles. That's, a, that's tough in these races to be good at the obstacles. And I was able to finish a lot of the grip obstacles mm-hmm. throughout the night. Um, and then I started feeling them, but for a lot longer than I've done in the past, which I was really excited about. Your, so. your, uh, your vertical pulling strength is pretty elite. I think and like you're, I think that you would, I don't think you would say that to anybody, but you are very strong when it comes to those things in your, in your grip and your pulling ability and just like what you can do in yeah. the gym. Um, so I'm not surprised that, that you're able to do well on those. Yeah. yeah. It's just something I really worked on this year and, um, just kind of embraced that this is my body and I have a lot of upper body strength. And I just got really, I'm like, if this is like a strength of mine, I better like keep it because it's kind of a, a weapon I have. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I definitely tried to dial that in a lot more and embraced it. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. It, yeah. It seemed to seem to pay off. Um, do you care about gear? Cause I feel like there's people that really care about gear a lot in races like this. You don't strike me as someone like that because it seems like you'd rather take it, take the brunt of the ownership of like, what's going to happen like internally, as opposed to like, Oh, I need this, this and this type of thing. Um, but do you have any, does gear matter for you at all? Yeah. I mean, to an extent, there are certain things that are very important in a 24 hour race that you need to have for gear. Um, I'm very big on having, Oh, sorry. Having like, uh, like toe socks. So my toes don't rub mm. and like goo. I, I put, I make sure that's like every four hours that's reapplied because chafing is a huge thing. Um, but as far as like actual, like clothes and certain brands. I'm not really, it doesn't really affect me. Um, I've tried, I tried to, I tried a different shoe this time. And then I just went back to the Salmons. I, I like trained in a different shoe. I tra- trained the Hoka's didn't like them. Went back to Salmons. Salmons are my shoe. I'm just going to stick with them. Nice. Uh, as far as other gear stuff. No, I, I don't really have anything other than the toe socks, the compression socks and the goo. <laughs> Cause shaping is real and it can be really bad. It can be detrimental in a race like this. I could imagine yeah. just like anything that's like taking your mind away from it, even though it's like not a horrible pain. Yeah. It doesn't feel good though. Yeah. And then I always make sure like leg mints are really helpful. And then if mm. it's cold, I always make sure my head's warm mm. um, because you lose a lot of heat in those places. So mm-hmm. if you can keep those things warm, you don't have to worry about the other stuff as much. And could you run us through the carb loading process again? You, yes. you mentioned it kind of, in in passing there we talked i think we probably talked about it earlier podcast but just like you were able to execute it and uh yeah, just tell us what that what that means for you yeah so i learned this i was a i was a bodybuilder before i got into the sport and in bodybuilding you do a lot of um cycles different things cutting bulking um and one of the diets i did was um like you you went like super low carb and then you carb loaded and then you did like a big lift and it helped get all the you know, all the carbs into your muscles. Um, so I tried it like two years ago, I tried, what if I did like a depletion, like a carb depletion. And then when I did my carb load, I think the carbs would stick better. Um, and I tried it and it went really well. So I've kind of been trying different, like how long to do it. And it's been the first time I did about four day depletion and then like a two day 
or one day bulk. So it was not a one day like carb load. I mean, um, so it was four days. And then the Friday before I carb load the whole day, I wow. found, found that eating that many carbs in one day was really tough. Um, so then I tried like a five day and then like a two day carb load, but mm-hmm. I found that wasn't enough of a depletion. So I figured out like a week and a half depletion, which is tough, um, before. Um, and then I kind of start, I start with about, I'd say around hundred carbs. I start right. and I work down to about 40, 50, which is not a lot about Very two little. days before. Yeah. And it's like just a lot of carbs, a, a lot of protein and fat. And I don't have any like restrictions on how much protein or fat, just not carbs. Um, so you're not starving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So just like the carbs are like really, I think I have like a nature Valley bar and a piece of bread is like all I had on um, those two days. And then I start Wednesday night, I started the carb load. And then I had basically every two to three hours, ate about 50 grams of carbs. Um, and I is probably the best I've ever done with it. Even Travis like, wow, you're really like on track with this. Cause sometimes I go crazy and I eat a lot of carbs all at once. Um, uh, but I like really pace myself. And then uh, the Friday before I don't, all I have is carbs. Um, so no bare, like just enough protein where like things taste good. Um, no fat cause fat blocks the absorption of carbs. Um, and just like lots and lots of carbs. So I'm really, really tired and really, really heavy. And I actually gained five pounds and really? and just water, and carbs. water, yeah. water and carbs. It was like, I went, I mean, you shouldn't do that. I know you're not supposed to like weigh yourself, but I was just so curious to see. And I was in the Athena category. So I had to weigh myself to like show that I was above a certain weight. Um, so I was, yeah, I gained like five pounds and, and I was like pretty excited about that. And it makes you start the race kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, I run slow anyway, so it wasn't a big deal, but it was why I was able to kind of not eat as much as I normally would have, um, because the carb load just went so well. Okay. So it's like, you're deplete down from a hundred and get, get pretty low. And then you're what? 500 ish grams. The, or the, the days. Yeah, I'd say about, it's about, I try to do like, I think it's like, I'd say about five to 700 grams of carbs. It's a lot. You get up yeah, into that 700, 600, yeah. 700. That's like, yeah, it was a lot. I mean, I, I just try to do about, I mean, it, sometimes it was more, sometimes it was less. I try to do around 50 grams because your body, that's how much your body can absorb at a time. So I try to do around that. And I'm, I have a higher carb diet, I'd say when I'm running a lot. So I would say I was more around 200 to 250 when I was training. So going down to a hundred was kind of a, like a lot. <laughs> Yeah. So. And that's, this the comp, uh, the, the concept of super compensation. And like, there's studies yeah. based on like how much, uh, glycogen you will store and how much more you will store after like a depletion like this. And it's almost like 10 X or something like that. Like it yeah. will really be like, okay, it's here again. We're saving it. Yeah. I probably should have like researched all this. I just know what worked. So got, I was like, you got yeah, bro science, the bro science from this, bro, bro so science from bodybuilding. It works. <laughs> you just know it works. Yeah. Uh, and it's so smart. It's so smart to utilize that. And the, the, the training that you, that you've taken and, and, and you have the discipline to know how to manipulate the nutrition and, and what that's going to feel like. Do you get headaches from, well, I had headaches because I also went low caffeine. So right. I was doing this like the week before I did no caffeine. Um, I was on like one caffeine source a day for about a month. Um, it was actually because our coffee maker wasn't here yet. And I was, <laughs> so I was like, well, this is good. I'll just like go low caffeine. So I do like one stimulant a day. Um, and then a week before I did no stimulants and I didn't have any caffeine in this race until 6 PM. Um, just because I, and I, I started off with half a, half a caffeine pill and that's pretty much all I had every other lap was half a caffeine pill. Cause when I had one, it, my heart rate would just go crazy. So I was like, just give me half a caffeine pill. Um, like what? Really like, well. uh, 
100 milligrams how much is in a pill like 200 i um i would say i would say it's about a cup of coffee a little bit more than a cup of coffee i should i should probably know that but it's like 80 uh, to 100 yeah yeah okay that makes sense i mean that is another strategy that's just like makes so because it's not necessarily super compensation on that but like you your receptors are like not as sensitive when you keep bringing in the caffeine so that works too right did that feel awesome you get a caffeine pill and 10 minutes later in the lab i'd be like woo (laughs) (laughs) so it's like really great and again that's that's discipline right that's discipline to not do because it sucks not drinking coffee oh yeah I mean, really I, wasn't, I wouldn't say I was a pleasant person to be around. So, I mean, it was like they, my mom and Travis had to take turns being around me for those days. So, and that's something like, <laughs> yeah, you, like being able to start a couple of weeks out so you can kind of wean yourself off is definitely, yeah. but that's even a more elongated process for, uh, to follow through with the strategy, which makes it harder, right? The more, yeah, the, and it oh, makes training so hard too. Oh my God. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine okay. like working. <laughs> like yeah no not, no feel goods yeah <laughs> um so those are both cool and i'm glad that those continue to prove themselves out as like worthwhile strategies for you um yeah. anything you do different anything i would have done different yeah um i mean it is hard because i had so much life stuff happen but um i just wish more if i could have started all the things i was doing just earlier but um life man so, yeah, I mean, it, it ended up, but then, like you said, who knows if an injury would have popped up if I had started earlier, but, um, I think if I had an extra month, I think it, I could have maybe gotten the 90 miles. Um, but I'm super excited with eight. I'm like, so excited. So there's like no, honestly, no regrets from this, which is just the best feeling to have. <laughs> honestly, I'm, that's just the best feeling and to hit your goals and just to feel really good about it is, um, I mean, I didn't have that in 2019. I came in second, but it was, I did not feel good about that race at all. Like, I mean, mm. I just two years of just having to think about that race was like, and then to have the hundred mile race happen, it was like, I just need a good race. <laughs> so just really nice to have this and to be surrounded by just a, an incredible community. Um, I know you haven't been to a world's Tevis before, but you should sometime go to one. I know just to be around the people that race. Um, it's just incredible people, incredible stories, just like the like there, it's a family. I mean, it really is like a family and they embrace everybody for who they are, which is not something you get everywhere in your life. So mm-hmm. it's just really nice. Yeah. And that seems to be unique across OCR from what I understand for people. Let's you hear that a lot from people who come in from other sports. Like, wow, everyone's like, everyone's just cool and like hangs out. And I think tough mutter is that like times three, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very it community, community oriented. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was on my list, but again, life stuff yeah I was like ne- next year next year I'll go. yeah yeah so you're doing pretty good rich you're 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 cr- i saw you in ocr stars and this past weekend you're you're doing fine yeah i had to be <laughs> i had to be regional for that but that yeah I yeah, was, yeah i wish i could have come out just to just to support just to yeah. even be everest an everest angel that would be fun yeah to go out yeah. and help people up the wall the entire night um yeah so i mean this is a great this is a great recap an awesome story how long did it take you to do your race plan does that take like a half of a day? Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of like, honestly, when I was in orientation for my new job, I was working on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it, it, it was kind of in my mind. And then um, it, I would say it took about a week to like get it all dialed in. And I'm um, just, there's like little things on here, like when to give me a salt pill and when to give me caffeine. And 
what to kind of say at certain laps and sunscreen and goo and things like that. So, um, I, and then headlamp stuff, headlamps can be an issue in the middle of the night. So like changing the batteries out, I put all those reminders on here and then like Travis looked it over and like added some things too. And then he was really cute about updating it throughout the night and like wrote funny things on here, which is fun to look at. So, yeah, well, it sounds like it paid off for that too. Um, so what's next, what do you got coming up? Well, right now I'm in recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to take this recovery really slow because I can, um, and there's just so much, like I said, just life, like just things I think about and it's just so life-changing. I try to embrace all of the things that are going on in my mind. <laughs> um, I'll definitely get some like post blues, like post-race blues are going to kind of trickle in. Um, and then I'll probably set goals for next year. I have some like random goals. Um, I'm not sure about World Service Mutter yet, just because there's other life things I'm thinking about, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll probably come back to it at some point and I would like to try a hundred miler again. So just because it's I'm just there and I didn't just there. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. Well, cool. Aaron, this is awesome. Like, I'm so happy for yeah. you. And just like, I was trying to watch it the way, however you could on, um, the tracker and trying it's to hard. Put, put the story together that way. It was a little, it was a little hard to yeah. like figure out, but I was, I was like, I think she's doing okay. It's like, maybe yeah. she could catch Amelia. Maybe she did. So there was no real necessarily engaging in a race at any point. No, and I know it's like bad to say, but it, unless I need to, I don't. So um, I have my race plan and I, I could not have done it any better. I couldn't have done it any faster. And I'm not saying I'm like limiting myself. This is like what my body could do. And I knew that because at the end I didn't have anything left. So I know I did the best that I could. Um, if there is that at 6 a.m., that fourth quarter, if there's something there that I can go for and Travis knows that he knows to like tell me what to do. Um, but if it's just not there, then there's no point in ruining this like beautiful experience that I had. So for sure. Um, for sure. yeah, I know it, it probably, I probably should make it more of a race, but uh, I just love what happens and I don't want to lose that. So I'm really grateful that I can kind of have both where I can do this and still kind of do well in the races. You just had that reminder who you know, yes. who you are. Yeah. Tortoise consistent. Tortoise. Yes. Who needs to race? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Cool, Aaron. Well, again, congrats. I was so pumped for you. you. The way everything kind of had shaken out for you this year. It was was great to see that everything is going well. Yeah. And thanks for all your support. Obviously you've been so great throughout all of this. And I know it was like kind of off the like radar for a few months, but I really appreciate all your support too. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, Cool. Aaron. Well, I'll link to your socials and the whole deal and yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks Rich.